Do I deserve this big Toblerone? Hello, welcome back to another episode of Weird Think About That, where me and my fellow players are given the subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest or funniest story on that subject. Players' stories will be scored by our head judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris and joining me today, on a high from opening a hundred correct doors in a row, Chucky. Yo! And on a low after spending three weeks in the rainforest drinking nothing but gasoline, Ciao. Hello. And our fabulous leader, Joe. Hello. Joe, if we can please have today's subject, please, and how it will be scored. I mean, you've sort of given the game away there a bit, haven't you? I did uh, a little bit. This week's topic is leaders and leadership, and the winner will win one leader bean. <laughs> <laughs> a reference for no one. It's everyone knows the Simpsons. And we shall start with Chow. In the immortal words of Creed Bratton, I've been involved in a number of calls, both as a leader and a follower. You have more fun as a follower, but you make more money as a leader. I'm not sure if cult leadership can be considered a solid fiscal endeavour, but one must have a certain charismatic personality and considerable skills of persuasion to be able to convince people to renounce all material wealth and abandon the world and that it will shortly be coming to an end at the hands of an alien spacecraft. Jim Jones formed a religious organisation called the People's Temple in the early 70s. Initially, Jim seemed like a nice bloke, God-loving, racist, and had socialist leanings. His organisation was closely linked to several Christian denominations before allegations of abuse began to surface. He had apparently required female members of his organisation to form sexual favours and had asked, and had sexually assaulted other cult members as well. After the allegations surfaced, he moved the organisation and the followers to Guana in South America and formed a remote commune. In 1978, Congressman Leo Ryan led a fact-finding mission to Commune. Upon his arrival, he and some of his team were murdered by Jones's security. Jones soon became aware that some of the party had escaped and were likely on their way back to the US to inform the authorities about the incident. They sparked a sense of panic amongst Commune and Jim, and so a mass suicide pact was formed in which almost 900 men, women and children died. The incident led to the phrase, drinking the Kool-Aid, being coined due to some members drinking a mixture of cyanide and flavour aid, mistakenly attributed as Kool-Aid, to complete the suicide pact. Amongst the most famous cult leaders is Charles Manson. Nowadays, he's an almost the archetypal crazy person in pop culture. His cult, the Manson family, were responsible for murdering nine people, including the actress Sarah Tate, who was pregnant with Roman Polanski's son. During his 83 years, Charles Manson spent all but 13 years in some sort of correctional facility. Thankfully, in 2022, we're past such things as elevating populist figures to a position of power, only then to find out that the person only wanted to use that platform for personal gratification and gain. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. <laughs> I thought there might be more. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was you going to end on a high and I was like, I you went up in the like, end. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, mate. Uh, so, what was the end game? What did he tell them would happen if Jim Jones? They, yeah, Jim like, Jones was at this point was fucking speeding his tits off daily. <laughs> like he he went from being like he said he was always a bit weird uh, as a kid because like he was shit at everything, but he was good at organizing people. Like yeah, um, and it, charismatic. It, and like he, he did these these uh, he he became like a preacher and stuff and was good at it to talk to people and stuff like that. And then he started following down this dark path you do like um 
I, I think he ended up like stealing someone else's congregation, like turf war. Um, <laughs> and yeah, when he ended up going to to uh, Guyana or whatever it is, um, it it was basically they bought a plot of land that was unfarmable. It was in the middle of the fucking forest, so like middle of the rainforest, so you couldn't yeah. grow anything there. And it was tin shacks and stuff. And he basically. Um, I know a lot about this, it turns out. (laughs) Untapped information in my brain. Uh, That he would run uh, what he would call white night drills, where he would keep people awake. It's a way of breaking people's spirit and getting them to believe whatever you want them to believe. It's all cults will have a certain aspect of this to them. Uh, It keeps people on edge. It keeps them nervous. It makes them believe that you're the only person that's telling the truth. Um, And when these people, uh, when the senator came up with senator or whatever, came over, people were slipping him notes saying, we want to leave. We can't because we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when they when he left, he took some people with him and he was and it, like Jim Jones took this as a personal affront. Like they they weren't part of his group anymore. They weren't part of his family. He was they were betraying him. And yeah, he sent these people out. Uh, there is video footage of them at this fucking um airstrip in the jungle. And it's just these guys, it, it looks like a fucking hostage video of just these guys on trucks screaming in with Kalashnikovs, like just fight and like luckily the one of the planes gets away, I think, and the other one like doesn't. Um and then yeah. Then he was like, "Well, they're going to come and they're going to come and take it, take it away from you. They're going to take me away from you. And the only way that we can be together is if we all top ourselves. And I mean, if you really want a sad night in, open a bottle <laughs> of wine and listen to the. He, he taped it. There's an audio recording it, yeah. of you go the on death. Wikipedia. Yeah, there's a there's a 45 minute recording called the death tape. So if you, if you type in Jim Jones into Wikipedia, it's the whole file is linked on Wikipedia, yeah. and you can just listen to the whole thing. I mean, I listen to excerpts, and you're just like, this is harrowing it's, shit it's, man it's, it's not, like the fact, it's horrible the fact of the matter is as well he sounds like um have you ever seen gravity falls <laughs> you know the yeah, little cartoon i did watch his that yeah yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like the little uh, i'm sure it's based on him he's got a very high <laughs> camp voice no no we all need to drink this poison and like yeah. the thing was like people were going no fuck that we don't want to die here jim <laughs> like this isn't what we signed up for and so, like, his guys would either, like, literally at gunpoint make you drink it or just cap you in the back of the head. They were injecting well, it into babies. And injecting he was, like, it into cyanide, into kids was, and shit. Was, it was, was saying, like, it was, it was painless and stuff. It isn't painless. It hurts like fuck. But <laughs> once the, it's in your system and you're in the middle of the fucking jungle... You ain't doing that about you're it. You're dead. <laughs> That's the disgusting bit about it. So, well, because it was in the jungle, uh, when they eventually found it, there's photographs of this thing. It's just a, a way to see your bodies. Uh, when they came to clean it up, the bodies are putrefied. Oh, mate. So they were, like, trying to put them into body bags, and, it, and it's like trying apart. to nail jelly to a wall. Yeah. But yeah. so then people going around saying, drink this magical potion, otherwise I'm going to shoot you. So they just watched all these people die, and then I assume they shot were in it for, yeah, well, I guess given like a magical drink or a bullet to the face, you know. Yeah, it's, mm. it's I mean, it, 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 it's a, it's an odd thing, because he's, he's, one woman gets, stands up in the tapes and goes, this is horse shit. And like we don't want this. We never signed up for this. We thought we were getting a new way of life, and now you're trying to kill us. And it's it, it's 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 his. It's not even his. Per- I'm sure, like as punishments, there was weird shit. He'd have like a box he would put you in, like a hot box in the fucking jungle, and Ugh, basically. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a bit where he made someone fight a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Although I may have dreamt that. 
But I'm sure in the book I read about it, he said one of the one of the people who managed to get out said, "Yeah, we would have um, if you were like caught not working or gossiping about." Jim, the leader and stuff, he would be punished. And there was like weird shit, like a woman who was frightened of snakes. And as like therapy, they just piled snakes on her and she paralyzed with fear. It's, it's just fucked, mate. Like all religion I mean, to an extent is a bit like. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it, it is really weird because I mean, you think like this guy must have been like, like you hear the, at the end of it and you're like, oh, the guy must have been fucked core and had a horrible childhood and blah, yes, blah, blah, blah. Did. Oh, did he have a shit fucked up childhood? Yeah. Ah, right. Because he was like, when you read about him, like in his early years, he was like, he was like a, I mean, he was quite a progressive for his time. Like he was a very, very, very much an anti-racist. He adopted a bunch of kids from the anti-Korean war. He was very much, uh, I mean, the terminology has got a little bit dated, but he was, you know, he called him, he adopted kids who were orphaned in Korea. He was a very much an uh, um, and left him with his socialist policies initially, and you're like, ideologically, you look at the guy in the early years, and you're like, guy's got some good things to say, and it just descended yeah. into absolute batshit insane insanity. Drugs, it was horrible. Drugs and paranoia will do that to you. It's yeah, a, it's an unhealthy think, yeah. combination. And, uh, mm-hmm. and monkey fight first is <laughs> what yeah, Jesus yeah, would have yeah. wanted, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Jim writing his own extra bits at the back of the Bible. And lo, Jesus did say, you will scrap that orangutan or else. <laughs> uh, and Charles Manson is a fuck, so there's no there's no redeeming thing about Charles Manson at all. Have you watched uh, no. um have you watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Not yet. It's on my list of no. shite. I mean it's loose yeah, it's loosely based on it. It is there's some really it's that's an interesting one because you, you watch that and you see the Bruce Lee cameo and you've got to pick it apart. But there is some some interesting insights into that with it. It's- Drugs are never going to end. Drugs are, not, drugs are not cool. There's a time and a place for everything, and it's 20. <coughs> After that, pack it in. It's just weird. <coughs> uh, and while he's not joking, I guess we'll do his <coughs> story next. All right. Being a leader is something that some people can strive to become, and others naturally are. As someone who's fairly introverted and incredibly self-critical, the notion of being a leader and making decisions for other people who will then need to live with the consequences of those decisions doesn't fill me with joy. In fact, in my only managerial role I've held in my professional life, I spent the majority of the time trying to delegate any, quote, severally implied, power to those I manage. I was fortunate enough to have the best team to work with, combined with no tough decisions to make. And even then, it was still incredibly draining, worrying about that inevitable fuck-up that could lead to my team facing otherwise avoidable consequences. Though, this style of leadership is one of honesty and was rooted in the hopes of success as a team rather than success of individuals, it's definitely not the only approach to leadership. I mean, if you think about a 1950s CEO, you can already imagine the screaming and shouting at subordinates because, well, if you're not making people scared about receiving their only source of income, are you actually even leading? There are some current examples of leadership in the world I can think of that also echo such a style, but there are also plenty that are only reminiscent of one example of leadership that I'll describe now. So, when you think of leadership, you wouldn't really think about livestock. I mean, definitely not sheep. They aren't leaders. In fact, they are mocked for their admittedly recursively descriptive sheep-like behaviour. But what about goats? Goats are, well, the greatest of all time, as well as incredibly assertive. Although, they have the same weirdly shaped irises that sheep have. They aren't subjected to the mockery that their sheep counterparts are. But in what way can they be leaders? You know, beyond business mayors or small counties in America. Well, in the 1800s, goats were a part of a practice that was widely used to help manipulate herds of animals, sometimes ranging from moving a group of animals from one pen to another, or maybe even just keeping them all together. These goats could have been considered leaders to their fellow animal friends, and in fact, the animals they corralled trusted them. It's unfortunate then for these leaders to be known as the Judas Goats. 
They were often used to calm down a herd and lead it to slaughter, knowing that it itself as the leader would be spared. That's right, these goats would live the good life, happily sending untold amounts of their followers to slaughter, safe in the knowledge that they would escape such a fate. This same strategy has also been employed in covert ops style missions, where these Judas goats would be unleashed into rural areas equipped with a tracker to go and find feral goats that may be causing damage to local fauna. Now, I'm not great at comparisons, and I definitely wouldn't want to provide any kind of oven-ready analogy between these Judas goats and other leaders, but what I will say is that these goats are used to give their followers comfort and confidence that where they are heading is safe and sound, despite all the evidence to the contrary. Sure these animals being led to slaughter can smell the death surrounding them, but one look at that goat over there, confidently leading them in, why would they question anything? All the other animals seem chill about it too, it'll be fine. Well, I definitely can't find any parallels between the behaviour and use of Judas goats to anything current I can think of, and I think I speak for all of us when I say that we might not not like our leaders, but I guess we're lucky they aren't Judas goats. Right, guys? Gentlemen, your rebuttals. Bastards. What, the betrayals of goats? Yeah. Uh, well, well, maybe we're personifying them too much. Do they really actually know what's going to happen? And... Well, they, so the idea is you train one up and it will see all its friends get slaughtered and it will survive. Often they're painted a different colour so you can pick them out as well. Um, so they're, they're not used as commonly as they were back then now because I guess they've, they've, they can just push goats into slaughter and other animals as well. It wasn't goats. I'm going to Bovine University. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it sort of makes up because... Aren't there the fainting goats? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you always got to go. What they go like the fainting goats of Kayabanor. Like it's not they're just they're just goats. There. But if you had like a, a prize crop of uh, crop, a prize herd of sheep or whatever it was, you'd keep one of these goats with them. So that <clears> if wolves attack, this goat like it's automatic reflex. It's not fight or flight. It's fall over rigid on the floor. Yes. And so then like a yeah, the wolf yeah, yeah. would eat that, and your sheep would be able to get to safety. And I guess that's balance, isn't it? That's like turn around is fair play wow. <laughs> if you have a flock of i don't know what the collective term for goats is and they all faint <laughs> then the wolves just confused yeah, i don't know which just... one to eat there's so many no then you have one guy just comes in and starts picking them up as weapons beating the wolf to death <laughs> are they uh like battering rams hey, hey. they're all the well, greatest good. Good. Um, no I, I, I mean i just remember seeing the clip of it of like these these and then there's just this goat there and it just goes ah and literally falls over <laughs> paralyzed over. with fear because that's that's what they're that's a horrible way to live your life isn't it your brief awful life <laughs> just being scared into rigidity and uh, you know <laughs> it's, it's there happened. when, when the lights come on in the disco aren't we <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we covered a lot of stuff with jim jones and i've not a lot of material about goats i've, yeah, I've yeah, used yeah. my one goat fact there. Well, I mean, like, goats, uh, the, the sort of videos you see of goats, again, this is kind of like when I was talking about the horses kicking people in the face and stuff. Like, all the videos of goats you seem to see aren't like, oh, it's such a nice goat, look how tender and kind it is. It's always a goat fucking somebody's shit upright. And yeah, there's screaming. One... There's oh, a lot of videos of goats screaming. It's like, it's like, like human fucking Power Rangers, isn't it? you got screaming goats, fainting goats, you got Judas <laughs> goats now. you almost got a whole army. But, like, what, what one of the videos I remember seeing, God, it must have been, like, back in 2010 was that of buttermilk the goat and buttermilk was fucking arsehole man it's like oh buttermilk <laughs> playing with friends and buttermilk comes along and just starts jumping on all its friends and like sort of pushing them to the ground doing backflips off them oh stuff. yeah is he the one who kind of like does the flying kick and then backflips away yeah man he's like fucking of a goat but he's a fucking arsehole as well yeah i mean i've never seen this but i'm looking forward to that when we finish this 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it, it is a life-changing video. So much so that even like 12 years later, I still remember it. Oh, man. Nice. Did he ever Did he ever get a mareship, buttermilk to go? <laughs> no, no. Uh, also, it's one of those, ne- like, it's one of two names that's never really used anymore, is it? Judas. Like, I've never met a Judas in my life. <laughs> and I've never met an Adolf. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a couple of good reasons for yeah. that. <laughs> no, I know. But it's, it's, it's just like, it's one of those things that historically... It, no, one, no one's yeah. called that anymore. Well, no one calls the anymore. You can you can always like pretend like, oh, I thought Jude was short for Judas, and then that can, that can just like upset somebody. Yeah. A couple yeah. Of hours. What's Chris short for? Because he's only got little legs. Bike is, bike is short <laughs> <for Michael>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Judas. which, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, Joe, you know, you had Joseph Men- Mengler, Joseph Starling, still meet Joes. Yeah, Joseph Mengale. 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 Hey. Get in this bottle. That's, <laughs> well, that's, a, di- that's a different one, wasn't it? Yeah. That was, you know, we had Fritzel. Mengale. Listen, right, at the annual Joseph convention, they've all been struck off, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you still meet Joseph, you don't make the connection. One, ha- one adult fucks everything over for everybody, doesn't I it? mean, there's a bit of a difference. I mean, there isn't. Stalin killed fuck loads of people as well. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's good you got working your PR, isn't it, really? Because mm. <laughs> um, Harpo Marx <clears throat> was actually called Adolf and changed his name. Fun, really? Yeah, fun fact. Uh, Did not know that. Really. And they were yeah. Jewish, which is extra extra fun a on top of that. kind of fun. It's, listen, it's, I never get to talk about the Marx brothers as much as I'd like. And we talked about Mike Stalin, Marx. That's a link. Yep. <laughs> not the same. And finally, Chris. Without stepping too far into the realms of politics, it seems a lot of modern-day leaders can be a bit undeserving of the position. Going to the right private school and having daddy's connections seems to be all the qualifications needed to put in a leadership role, it would seem. So, when people not born into wealth privilege manage to rise through the ranks and make a name for themselves, it makes it all the more impressive. Even more impressive when someone born into actual slavery manages to make such an impression that they can rise through the ranks all the way to captain of a navy ship. It was May 13th, 1862, on a Confederate ship called the Planter, where Robert Smalls and the rest of the ship's enslaved crew were moored on a wharf in Charleston, just a few miles away from where the first shots of the American Civil War were fired, little more than a year before. Robert had a family, a wife and two small children, that he knew in his heart could not be forced to live in the harsh world of the American Southern States at the time. So, Robert, alongside the slave portion of the ship's crew, came up with a plan. Under cover of darkness around 2am, while the white officers of the ship were off on shore, Robert told the plan to the other slaves on board and got to action. According to the Naval Committee report, two chose to stay behind. The design was hazardous in the extreme, it states, and Smalls and his men had no intention of being taken alive. Either they will escape or use whatever guns and ammunition they have left to fight, and if necessary, sink their ship. Failure and detection would have meant certain death. The Navy report makes plain, fearful was the venture, but it was made. Robert donned the captain's straw hat as a disguise to any onlookers squinting through the darkness, nor did the planter's skeleton crew to start the boiler and host the Southern Carolina and Confederate flags as decoys. Easing out of the dock, in view of Confederate General Ripley's headquarters, they paused at a West Atlantic wharf to pick up Robert's wife and children, along with four other women, three men, and another child. Robert's wife knew in advance of the plan and was quoted as saying to her husband, It's a risk, dear, but you and I and our little ones must be free. I will go, for where you go, I will go, for where you die, I will die. 
Now, Robert had worked these docks for a few years and had picked up a few important pieces of knowledge along the way, such as the correct signals to give nearby ships and forts, who would have blown the ship to pieces had they suspected foul play. So at around 4.15am, Robert, crossing his arms in the manner of the ship's usual captain, let out the correct series of whistles and signals and managed to pass right by the guard ships, one of whom even shouted over, blow the damn Yankees to hell, to which he coolly responded, aye aye. It was only when Planter passed out of the rebel gun range that the alarm was sounded. The Planter was heading straight for the Union blockade. Approaching it, Smalls ordered his crew to replace the Palmetto and rebel flags with a white bedsheet his wife had brought on board. As a steamer came near and under the stern of the Union ship called the Onward, a man stepped forward and taking off his captain's hat shouted, Good morning, sir. I bought you some of the old United States guns, sir. The man, of course, was Robert Smalls, and he and his family and the entire slave crew of the Planter are now free. The Union Navy appraised the planter and awarded him and his crew half the proceeds for rescuing her from the enemies of the government. Robert received $1,500 personally, enough to purchase his former owner's house in Beaufort following the war. Not done with dealing with Confederates, Robert joined the Union Navy as a pilot and General Gilmore promoted Smalls to captain in December 1863. Following the war, Robert had business ventures and also became a government representative and he was a delegate at the 1868 South Carolina Constitutional Convention where he was part of the effort to make free compulsory schooling available to all South Carolina children. He died in 1915, aged 75, born into slavery, but died a natural leader and naval war hero. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. That's got to be good, that, ain't it? After the war, going, yeah, this is my gaff now, mate. <laughs> yeah, <beer."> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Living in your ex. Yeah, that's it. Not only, you know, you're a slave, and then you've been, not only been granted your freedom, you are living in the dude's house that owned you, and you're just like, fuck you. I'm going to sleep <laughs> in your bed. I'm going to, you know what I mean? I think, you know, you're in about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. If you'd have just shat in the bed, I think it would have been justified in that instance, wouldn't he? Yeah. Does the wife, now, um... did you come with the house? Oh, you. Yeah. Oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now apparently um the the owner uh, of when he was at the house the owner was despite being a slave owner was actually very amicable with his um with his slaves and um it, robert smalls own mother was worried that that robert wasn't seeing the sort of horrors that were going on elsewhere so she actually had him arranged to be sent to like a field to watch other slave hands being whipped and and some of the more, um, you know, depraved um, It's not what I wanted for slaves. my birthday, Mum, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of ignited, you know, it, it, if he'd have just stayed in that house, he might have just sort of lived his days sort of toiling away and and, and, right. and, yeah, and that I was mean, it. But, aware of the, the cause. But yeah, his own, his own mother kind of exposed him to what was going on more heavily. So by the time he was on that ship, he knew, you know, even though my upbringing wasn't too bad, there's a lot there's more a shit lot going of, on. A lot of people. So, but, yeah. Yeah, so that, then he was, you know, right, we're doing something now, so. I also like the fact that, to just get past them, he had to turn into that guy from fucking Wacky Races. Like he's trying to lure a fucking cat over to him. <laughs> I know, all he put on was the captain's hat as well. I know, so. that's all it took, man. I am the captain now. I've got the hat just on. Like, <laughs> that isn't the captain, is it? No, no, he's got the hat. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> that, that is wait, 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 no. Have we got any black captains in our incredibly racist navy? <laughs> no, no, we haven't. It is dark, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he did this do the it. whistle. Not... <laughs> and he did shout, aye, aye. I just imagine he had to do it in like a redneck drawl or something. <laughs> he would be like, yeah, go and fuck him up. And he went, whoo! <laughs> yeah. He turned it to Ric Flair as he went over. <laughs> Apparently, like, as yeah. well, the union... 
the Union ships very nearly blew the ship up as it was approaching because um, the flag that they bought, this, this bed sheet, wasn't very clean. It was quite sort of brown and soiled by the time and they weren't sure what the hell was going on. They raised about three guns and almost fired before they saw the crew on the deck were like dancing about. And, <laughs> I got and it, stuff and they were, dirty pirates. <laughs> <laughs> and they realised, oh God, this isn't... But when you say stuff like that, like even... When you said it was it was steamships, in my head I'm still going pirate ships. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my brain won't take it to be like the American Civil War. They had steamboats. Like my yeah. head, my head still going pirates. <laughs> everyone, big sails, eye patches. Everyone looks like everyone looks like Jack Sparrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got a hat on. It, yeah, it, it was a navy ship, so it probably doesn't. But in my head, it looks like one of them ones with the massive wheels on the side. Oh, like the, 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 down the, like the Mississippi yeah. Casino gambling. Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. Boy yeah. George you, is you on say, there singing Karma Chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. You say steamboat, you do, don't you? You just see a southern bell, you see cards, um, old fashions and like people yeah. themselves and card tape. You don't go, that is a that's a piece of you know military armament. Nobody nobody's nobody's dying on a steamboat, are they? Apart from from like alcohol poisoning. <laughs> I I I believe in the American Civil War they had submarines. They had no. really. I, I see. I might be getting confused. eighteen. What was it? 18? I really doubt that, Joe. I'm sure they had pro. Like, maybe like not. Maybe a barrel functional ones. They had like. But they had prototype <laughs> ones. They had. Um, <laughs> they had a snorkel. Mean, they had non-functioning submarines. They were just boats that got fucking. Well, oh, I'm sure. I remember. <laughs> like, they, they used some of like. To, to infiltrate places at night, they would. They, they weren't deep diving ones. They were just below the waves. So this sounds like a Jim Jones Monkey Friday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> technically, there was a monkey in the submarine. He was propelling it. Yeah. He had. It was on a bike with a little banana just out of arm's reach. <laughs> Actually, no, you say that though. But there wasn't there. A, wasn't there something in World War Two where they had like homing missiles and it was basically a pigeon. Yep. And they they put like feed in the crosshair and they somehow got it to rotate towards like the target and the yeah. basically the pigeon would peck at the target until it until this thing basically went into the ship so you had yeah so the, the first homing missiles were pigeons in fucking self uh, we always used animals for, for war uh, i think in the second world war the u.s army dropped a load of bats with little tiny incendiary jackets on them over japan yeah because they um, like to nest underneath like the and then at, like at seven o'clock in the morning they'd all explode and catch fire but yeah oh right okay yeah it didn't work right <laughs> uh, okay. the russians used dogs to try and explode tanks they would yeah. train them to run under tanks mm. and then there'd be like an automatic trigger that would set the bomb off but they failed to realize that training them using russian tanks all the dogs turned around and just exploded the russian tanks yeah. behind them. <laughs> <laughs> which i like to think like dogs did that on purpose because they're not I love <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly like, what they had to do they're just beings yeah. of pure love yeah. dogs like you know <laughs> As, yeah there is a delicious irony to that is i fucking love it uh, i've got another fact which is it's impossible to lose a homing pigeon no matter it how hard you back, try it, if, <laughs> if it doesn't come back it wasn't a homing pigeon was it hey. <laughs> is that from your type 5 <laughs> 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 I think you'd be a good you should get like a flat cap and just come out and do like old old Yorkshire jokes like, <laughs> you know why they call them whippets don't you yeah. I don't know uh, <laughs> I've not even had a drink um 
if we can please have today's scores, Joe. Um, the winner and the proud... <laughs> shut up. The, the proud owner of the solid gold leader bean is Chris for his story of a man who stole a ship by simply wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> It was a well, simpler well, well, time back then, wasn't it? <laughs> Just walk into the bank with a bowler hat on. I'm the bank manager now. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first name? <laughs> he has a hat. It's all the evidence I need. Good day, sir. You can follow us on Twitter at Weird Thing Pod. Come and say hello. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Weird thing about that. Never forget the sad tale of Frederico de Silva.